Welcome to Coach Bennett's Podcast, where every run has a purpose, where kindness is hardcore, where this is about running, and this is not about running, where every starting line is a finish line in disguise, where rambling still gets you where you need to be, where pineapple will never ruin your pizza, and the sodas, adult and not adult kind, are always cold, and where there is room on the starting line for everybody. I'm Coach Bennett. Thank you for letting me be a part of your day. Let's get started. On this episode of Coach Bennett's podcast, we talk about why I'm recording this episode in a bathroom in Naperville, Illinois. We also talk about some of the things I saw at Nike Outdoor Nationals in Eugene, Oregon, and the Wildwood Running PDX Clinic in Naperville, Illinois. Hint as to why I'm in a bathroom in Naperville, Illinois. And we talk about why perfect sucks. We talk about so much more too. So let's get started. Welcome to episode three of Coach Bennett's podcast. That's right. We are already at episode three. How cool is that? The answer is very cool. It was a rhetorical question. There was no need for you to answer out loud, but I appreciate the fact that some of you, in fact, did. How cool is that, that some of you actually yelled out loud, it's very cool? The answer to that, also, another rhetorical question is very, very cool. We're going to move on, because if we don't, we're going to be stuck in this loop forever. If you are hearing a slight echo in here, it's because I am recording in the bathroom of the hotel in Naperville, Illinois. How did I get to this bathroom in Naperville, Illinois? You're just going to have to continue to listen because I'm not going to tell you yet. I'm going to start by telling you where I've been leading up to this bathroom in Naperville, Illinois. So strap in, get the seatbelt on, do whatever you need to do. Socks officially about to be blasted off. Actually, that's not true. This isn't a very exciting part of the story. But I will say this. Thank you to everyone that listened to episode two. Thank you that everyone that listened to episode one. And thank you to everyone that listened to the trailer. Because last week, because of you, Coach Bennett's podcast was the number one running podcast in the world. It was number one in 40 plus countries because... Of all of you. So thank you so much. Let's keep this going. Share the podcast with friends, family, foes, competitors, that dude down the street that walks his dog early in the morning and you wonder, how does he get up so early to walk his dog? And does the dog even want to get up? And why am I up right now? That guy, let him know about the podcast too. Because today we move on and cross yet another starting line here for episode three. So I left Eugene and came home and it was Father's Day. Eugene, I left on Saturday. It was Father's Day on Sunday. And if you listened to Two Coach Bennett's Talking podcast, which you obviously should because it's an extraordinary podcast that I do with my wife, Tammy, Coach Tammy, also known as Show Up Society, She surprised me with an invitation to go hike Dog Mountain, which is a seven and a half mile total trip up and down that took us just under two and a half hours. And I'm still sore from the hike, not from the uphill. 
Okay, a little, little learning moment here. You're not getting beat up when you do hills because of the uphill. You're getting beat up because of the downhill. That's where the pounding comes in. Going down a steep hill, it's like doing a whole series of baby squats. And it was so steep on the way down, we couldn't even walk down. We had to jog down. So it was an epic experience. And my quads will vouch for anyone that feels that Dog Mountain was a technical and very difficult climb and descend because that's what it was. It was a it was a tough descend. I mean, we anytime you can't walk, you have to run as opposed to you can't run, you have to walk. You know you're dealing with some steep terrain. So, on on a downslope, but it was a blast. It was a lot of fun. That was Sunday. And Monday we had to wake up very early to fly to Chicago to come to Naperville, Illinois. And speak at the Wildwood Naperville Clinic. I'll get into that in just a second. I really just want to talk about me having to wake up. Because I'm a disaster if I have to wake up early. I don't know if you are, but I am. So if I know I have to wake up really early. And we had to wake up, I think, at 4 a.m. I am a wreck. I overthink the sleep. So we get to bed too late, as usual. I wanted to get to bed earlier. That didn't happen. We get to bed late, so I already know I'm working with only a few hours here, and I just start to panic. I start thinking, I really got to fall asleep, and if you really want to fall asleep, the last thing you need to be thinking about is I really got to fall asleep, and that was the first and only thing I was thinking about, and then suddenly, I don't even know where to put my arms. Like, Now I don't even know how to lie down to sleep. There was no position that was comfortable. I was starting to doubt, like, do I usually sleep on my forearm? Is that normal? So this is all that's going on as I am fully aware that the talk is ticking, not literally ticking because I don't have a watch that actually ticks. In fact, I don't even know where my watch is, but I know somewhere there's a clock and it's tick-tock in the night away and I am not sleeping and I don't operate well on no sleep. Next thing you know, I'm out. And then the alarm goes off. Isn't that how it works? You fall asleep and you fall asleep at like 3.30 when you have to wake up at 4. And it's a deep REM type sleep. Like, hey, if I could just do this for like seven, eight, nine hours, I would be able to solve mysteries. I would be able to hike Dog Mountain and come down and actually walk down Dog Mountain if I could just get a decent sleep. But no, 30 minutes, that's all I get. Next thing you know, we're at PDX, and for some reason, everyone needed to travel that morning. The line was long. I'm overtired. I'm starting to stress, are we going to make the plane? I already realize I'm talking about this too much. I'm going to fast forward to the fact that everything was smooth, everything was fine. In fact... I actually handled everything okay. I'm kind of proud of myself. I didn't get cranky. I'm not saying I was, you know, farting rainbows and, you know, doing magic tricks where I'm pulling puppies out of a hat and giving them to, you know, disconsolate children on the plane. I'm not saying that. But I wasn't cranky. I was in a halfway decent mood. Got a little bit of reading done on the plane. And we landed in Chicago, Illinois. 
So we're getting closer to where I am right now, which is a bathroom in a hotel in Naperville. So what we're doing here is speaking at a clinic. It's a two-day clinic. The first day, it's for coaches, coaches that coach high school girls. The second day are for athletes, high school girl cross-country athletes. So it's a two-day clinic put on by a group called Wildwood, which are two remarkable coaches, Robin McGillis and Marie Davis Markham. Uh, Coach McGillis coaches at Central Catholic in Portland, and Coach Markham coaches at Lincoln High School, also in Portland. And they put on these clinics around the country for high school girl coaches and high school uh, girl athletes. So we were going to speak on both days, and I'll first tell you Naperville is an incredible town. It's a little bit like a throwback town to, uh, and and I don't even know where it would be thrown back to. It reminds me, and this is going to sound not great, and I mean it in the best possible way. It's like Pleasantville, and I imagine that the town that the Stepford, Stepford wives lived in, it's just, there's, there's an ice cream store on every block. And on every block, that ice cream store also shares a candy store somewhere on the block. And there's a barber shop with the swirling red and white. And there's even like a community lake that has a beach around it. And that's where the high school kids hang out. It's, it's amazing. It's a really cute town. And it's not even a town. I think it's got 100,000 people in it. But Naperville, two thumbs up for me. You're doing good. Now, the clinic, and this is going to be kind of the launch pad for what we're talking about today. And if you looked at the episode, the episode is titled Perfect Sucks. And I wrote an article, and I'll have the link in the show notes to it, a little while back on my Coach Bennett's newsletter, which is on Substack, which you can subscribe. And if listening to me is not enough and you want to read, that's probably the best place to go. That or my Instagram which is just at Coach Bennett. But I wrote an article there called Perfect Sucks. And that was really inspired by working with high school athletes and working with adult athletes after that. Um, And I'll give you a little bit of, not the original background, but I'll give you a background over the last couple of days. Okay, so as you know, I was in Eugene for the Nike Outdoor Nationals which is the high school national championship. And I was there for a couple of days and I got to watch races. I got to talk to coaches. I got to talk to parents. And most importantly, I got to hang out and talk with the athletes, the high school athletes. There were some elite races too, but for me, the true rock stars, no offense, elite athletes. It's the kids. It's the high school runners. I'm sorry. As far as I'm concerned, they're the rock stars. And this meet was really about them. It was their national championship. And I'll tell you a little bit about what I saw, okay? I saw some great races. I saw some extraordinary performances. I saw some gut-wrenching last straightaways and some really bold moves early in the race and in the middle of the race and at the end of the race. I saw falls over hurdles. I saw falls over steeple barriers. I saw crash landings into the long jump pit and the triple jump pit. And I, th- and I saw kids basically fly into those same pits. I saw people jump over massive heights in the high jump. And I saw them launch themselves into the air, stories into the air, 
in the pole vault. I saw high school kids throwing the hammer. I saw them throwing the shot put. I saw them uh, throwing uh, the javelin. It was truly an extraordinary, epic couple of days. We're talking the best of the best athletes. We saw freshmen and sophomores, juniors and seniors. We saw some middle school races of kids that are just starting to fall in love with the sport. We saw teams that had just found greatness over the weekend and teams that had been great all year ending their season on top or ending their season a little bit short of some of their goals. I saw high fives and hugs. I saw tears of joy and I saw tears of disappointment. What I didn't see at Nike Outdoor Nationals was anything perfect. I didn't see a perfect race. I didn't see a perfect throw. I didn't see perfect coaching. I didn't see a perfect race plan. I didn't see a perfect jump. And when I got to this clinic here and saw these 80 young female athletes that were there in the summer, not obligated to be at this clinic, after they had run in the morning, there to learn about this sport that they're either getting to know or have just fallen in love with or have been in love with, they're at this clinic trying to get better. It's such a powerful thing to see teenagers carving time out of their day when they could be doing a whole host of other things to try and get better. And I thought, you know what? I hope they know the goal, get better, is not the same as be perfect. Because no matter how much they learn, no matter how hard they work, no matter how many miles they put in or meters they put in or minutes they put in, no matter how many clinics they go to, no matter how well they listen to their coach, no matter how well their coach coaches, they're never going to be perfect. And that is awesome. Not being perfect is excellent. It's extraordinary. It's what's fun about being an athlete. It's where the motivation comes from. It's what inspires us to work and try to get better. Because if perfect is a possibility, if perfect is a place, then there is a ceiling to you as a person. That means that you can do something and never, ever do it better in any way. And I think that's bullshit. I don't think that's true. I don't think that there is a perfect that exists. It's not like, you know, there's a place on the map named perfect that you can get to. And I just realized, here we go. Someone's going to write me and say, actually, coach, there's a small town in Missouri called perfect. Uh, just bear with me. We're speaking figuratively. And by the way, no one wants to go to perfect Missouri, okay? It ain't so perfect, if there's even a perfect Missouri. The point is, perfect is not a goal. Perfect should not be an aspiration. Perfect should not be something you're striving for because there is absolutely no way to attain it. I'm not saying when you set goals, when you put a challenge in front of you, 
that it has to be something you absolutely 100% can attain, that's not a goal. But neither is something you absolutely cannot attain. And I'm not one of those people that fall into, well, you know, you can, you know, everything is possible. Well, I know one thing that's not. Being perfect is not. That's not attainable. And thank goodness it's not. From a coaching perspective, I can't imagine anything more boring than working with a perfect athlete. One, there's no reason for there to be a coach involved. What are we going to tell you? There's nothing we can improve upon. How boring would it be to be a perfect athlete, much less a coach to a perfect athlete? Everything you do is perfect. There's nothing to work on. There's no excitement and nervous energy on a starting line because you know what's going to happen. You're going to have a perfect race. There's no reason to show up at practice and try to get better. You're already perfect. What a miserable life that would be to be a perfect athlete. Extend it out. Try to imagine being a perfect person. What a disaster. Try being friends with a perfect person. You don't add anything to their life. They're already perfect. What are you going to help them with? Which is one of the great joys of being a friend. One of the great aspects of being a human is helping someone else. One of the great aspects of being a human is receiving help from another human. You're out of luck if you're perfect. You don't need any help. How are you going to help me? I'm perfect. Perfect sucks. And one of the greatest parts about going to a track and field meet, which is like a circus, or going to a cross-country meet, which is just like this wild, incredible, through fields and mud and dirt and grass and hills and straightaways and into the woods and out of the woods is this terrific exercise of having to deal with less than perfect conditions. That's one of the reasons why I love cross country. And one of the reasons why I love track and field is because there are so many different things happening at the same time, none of them perfect, but all of them with the potential not to be perfect, but the potential to be extraordinary, the potential to be life-changing, the potential to be awesome, but also the potential to be heartbreaking, the potential to be devastating, the potential to be a loss. That is part of why we take starting lines or get in the circle to do a throw or on the runway to do a jump. That's why we do it, not because of perfection. Perfection is guaranteed when you're perfect. There are no guarantees on the other side of a starting line, as I mentioned in the last episode. Actually, I think what I mentioned was there's one guarantee. There are no guarantees. That's the guarantee. I guess there's another guarantee. Nothing perfect will happen. But what you learn is nothing perfect needs to happen for it to be amazing. You don't need to be perfect to do something extraordinary. It doesn't have to be a perfect situation for you to be your best. So this was all swirling around my head as I went from Eugene now to Naperville of just this wonderful celebration of imperfectness that everyone in the room is trying to get better 
because they know they're not perfect. They're just trying to get better. That was the vibe in the clinic, and it was the same thing with the coaches. The coaches trying to get better. You can't consider yourself a perfect coach and be trying to get better. You have to acknowledge you're not a perfect coach. There is upside here. I don't know everything. Some of the stuff I know may not be right. There might be better ways to deal with certain things. There might be new ways to look at certain things. I can get better. I'm not perfect. If you want to achieve greatness as a coach or an athlete, humility is one of the most important ingredients because it's humility that reminds you you're not perfect. And not being perfect is what motivates you and inspires you to try and get better because it's a reminder there is upside, there is potential, there is more. That's what was so exciting about being at Nike Outdoor Nationals and seeing these athletes nervous on the line because they don't know what's going to happen next, but they know they're going to try their best. Seeing the excitement when they have a great performance because it wasn't guaranteed because they're not perfect. Seeing the disappointment is also excellent because it reminds you that they care and it means something to them and they can get better. Maybe if they just try again, they hit that goal. Maybe if they take another starting line, what they want happens. That's what was so great. That's what was so terrific. And that's why I thought, you know what? What am I going to talk about on episode three? Well, you know what? I know it sucks. Perfect sucks. And if more people out there can realize that you're not striving for perfection, you're not trying to be perfect because you will never attain that goal. And that is an awesome piece of news to get because that means you forever can get better. Yeah, okay, that seems like a good topic. And let me just say one other thing, which was important, because a lot of times, especially in the sport of running, we equate greatness with numbers on a clock, or the numbers of how far you threw or how high you jumped. And I just wanna tell you that that is a measurement, but it's not the measurement. There are many other ways to measure what you did. I know I'm never going to run a faster mile than I did back in 2000, don't worry about it, but I know I always have the ability to run my best mile. It might not be my fastest, but it could be a better mile. I could run a mile where I'm in complete control and I'm very confident and I tactically, I run brilliantly, and yes, it's a minute and a half slower than I ran in 2000, keep forgetting about it. And it doesn't matter if you're a long jumper, triple jumper, high jumper, pole vaulter, shot putter, it doesn't matter if you're a marathon or 5K runner, it doesn't matter if you're coming back to the sport after being away for a long time, it doesn't matter if you've never left the sport since you first started the sport, maybe, You'll never run faster than a time you did in whatever event it is that you love or you're trying. It doesn't mean you can't run a better mile, run a better minute. It doesn't mean you can't run a better 5K, a smarter marathon, a tactically more sound 10K, a more joyous 30K trail run. If you measure success as many ways as you can, you have an infinite variety of ways to get better that don't always involve 
the time on a clock. Let the time measure how long it took you to cover a distance. Leave it at that. It is one measurement of success. It's not the only one. And there is no time that is a perfect time. So that's not how you're going to find perfection because you're not going to find perfection. I'm just telling you, like, I mean, hopefully you've been listening this whole way. You're probably like, wait, where do you find perfection? Again, if you've been listening, you realize you won't find perfection unless like the inevitable person who's going to write in and tell me there's some perfect on a map. Fine. But you know what? I bet you never actually get there. I bet it's like one of those things that's on a map. You're like, oh, let's stop here. I bet there's a bathroom because you're on a road trip and you're like, let's stop in perfect Missouri. And you see it on the map and you keep getting closer and closer, you think, and it just never shows up. And I'll tell you what, that's that's a miserable road trip right there. You're constantly trying to find someplace perfect Missouri that isn't going to be perfect and probably does have a bathroom, but it's padlocked. You can't even use it. And you're like, what's the point of even having a public bathroom if it's going to be padlocked and there's no one around to answer your question? So you like knock on the door of the tourism center and you're like, is anyone in here? It's like noon. How is nobody in here? And you're like, geez, not so perfect. Missouri is what they should have called this place. Get it. And then you look around and you realize you've been traveling alone the whole time. Okay. That's your ramble. That's it. Don't worry about it. I backed away. So, ramble done. I feel like we covered the topic that I wanted, which was perfect sucks. Yes, at some point, there'll be pint glasses and some t-shirts that say perfect sucks because as far as I'm concerned, the more people that know perfect sucks, the better. It's like a uh, it's like a Yelp for restaurants, you know, it's like good to know that restaurant's terrible. Okay, well, people need to know striving for perfection is asinine. It's a waste of your time. You should be striving, yes, maybe to get better or enjoying something more or having more fun or being more consistent or whatever it may be. But none of those things are equitable with perfection. There is no perfect amount of time to hang out with someone. There is no perfect amount of joy. There is no perfect amount of love. It just is what it is, and you do the best you can. So, perfect sucks, all right? Okay, so we've got a few more things to do before we get out of here of episode three. We've got, obviously, a running question that I'm going to roll through. I'm going to tell you a little bit about maybe a uh, group that I think that you should you should follow, pay attention to, maybe send some some good vibes or love their way. And then I'll tell you what's coming up. And the next time I'll see you will be episode four, right? No, nay, because every Tuesday, two coach Bennett's comes out. Every Wednesday, the Show Up Society podcast comes out with Tammy. And Thursday Coach Bennett's podcast, bring you into the weekend, rocking and rolling and having a good time. So we've got a few things to do. Let's get to the question. Okay, this question comes from Alex. At least I'm guessing it's Alex. It's His uh, name on Instagram is Alex, and there's a whole bunch of numbers and a couple of letters through there. So I'm assuming Alex something. Um, and it's pretty straightforward, which is why I like this, but it's a question I get a lot. Okay, here it is. I want to do a half marathon. Am I ready to do it? That's the entire question. So I don't have much to work with here, Alex, because 
there are a number of questions I would love to ask you about where you are in terms of your running journey, because if your goal is to do a half marathon, which is 13.1 miles or 21.1 K, obviously the first goal is, can you cover the distance in a certain amount of time, right? Cause there's a race day. It doesn't mean you're racing the half marathon, but there is a day on a calendar where you're going to show up and with other people, you're going to try to complete this distance. Some people show up and they want to, they want to run the entire distance. Some people want to just cover the distance in, in different ways, whether it's running and walking. Some people want to cover the distance as fast as they can. Okay, I'm going to assume you either want to run the entire distance or you want to run the distance and, and run it as fast as you can. Okay, so there's a little bit of a competitive streak with the clock and not just the distance. The first thing you want to do is figure out how much time you have to prepare to cover 21.1K or 13.1 miles. And that's going to dictate some of my answer because you have a limited amount of time, most likely. If you look at the training plans, um, for instance, in the Nike Run Club app, uh, I put together, it's a 14-week program. You can drop in whenever you want. I tell most people, you know, to make sure you're getting some advantage out of the plan you don't want to start it any less than six weeks out and i'll tell you who can start it six weeks out and who can't because the same answer goes for who can start at eight or ten or twelve or fourteen the first number you want to look at okay in the 14-week plan and this could be any other training program is the first long run that week what is the distance okay what's the distance of the long run if you can handle the long run in week one comfortably, meaning you don't have to psych yourself up, listen to hard rock music, you know, carbo load the night before, have a suite of pacers running with you and a couple dudes on a bike giving you orange slices and stuff and get a crowd out there in order for you to comfortably cover the distance without stopping, then it means you can handle the training from 14 weeks out. That's fine. Because remember, the training you're doing is not supposed to be a massive struggle. It doesn't mean there aren't going to be times when you're struggling. It doesn't mean there aren't going to be workouts that are hard. Sometimes it means physically difficult. Sometimes it means mentally difficult or mindfully difficult when you're out there. Sometimes the, the hardest speed run one week isn't that hard for you. Suddenly, Getting out to do a recovery run or an easy run is really hard mentally because you're tired from a tough week at work or at school or you've got some stress in your relationships. Sometimes the following week, the recovery runs and the speed runs, super easy. But that long run, I don't know what was going on. The long run was really, really difficult. So there are ups and there are downs. So it's not the fact that everything has to be easy. That's not what we're looking at. We're saying, can you handle that first long run comfortably? Because that means that you have a level of fitness and endurance that means you can probably handle the workouts comfortably. And again, like I said, it means comfortably finish them. doesn't mean they're going to be comfortable while you're doing them, but the workload is not going to be too much, okay? That would be the first test. Now, what you don't want to do is rush 
things like this. A lot of times people will finish like the get started plan or they'll they'll finish like a, a 5K plan and they'll suddenly say, I want to do a marathon or I want to do a half marathon. And suddenly that first week, like in the marathon plan, the first long run's 10K. And for someone that just finished the 5K plan, their longest run might have been 6 or 7K. And now suddenly they want to jump up to 10K. Well, guess what? That long run in the marathon plan keeps moving up. And now you are stressing. Do I have the fitness, the capability, the ability to do these things? And instead of enjoying the training and the journey, you're kind of dreading it because you're maybe not stronger than the running you're doing. And I'll tell you what, you always want to be stronger than the running you're doing, okay? Mentally, emotionally, physically stronger, all right? You want to be able to do what we're asking you to do and not going into debt every single time you go for a run. So that's kind of the loaded answer. So I would start by saying, look at the beginning of the plan after you've figured out how long do I've got? Because you might say, hey, the half marathon I want to do is in eight weeks. And suddenly I'm telling you like, okay, well, if it's eight weeks out, can you do a 15K long run comfortably? And you might say, no, no way. Oh, well, then find a different half marathon, man. Like, I'm not going to lie to you as a coach. I have to tell you the truth. And there are a few things you cannot rush. You cannot rush healing. You cannot rush recovery. And you cannot rush fitness. I will tell you a few things that you can rush. You can rush getting hurt. You can rush getting sick. That's about it. So if you're not ready to do the training, be patient. Be patient and work towards building that fitness, that endurance, that strength, that confidence to do the work you need to do. And I'll tell you this, patience is a sign of confidence. And confidence is an awesome trait for a distance runner to have. So if you can be patient with your training, you're already working on becoming a better runner by working on being patient, okay? So great question, Alex. Whatever your last name is, I don't know what it is. I doubt that it's this like K7J 1432. You may be a robot. I'm not even sure. AI's in the news all the time now. I don't really know what's going on. It freaks me out a little bit, which is why I'm not reading about it yet. So Alex, if you are some form of AI, you already knew the answer, right? Right? Probably not, because I've seen that this AI stuff, they screw up a lot of the stuff with running. So I would not be relying on AI for your training. Just come and listen to this podcast or do the training in the Nike Run Club app, all right? Moving on. Let me direct your attention to a group I think you can follow and see some of the cool things they're doing. That's Wildwood Running PDX on Instagram. Okay, Wildwood Running PDX, as in Portland dog x p d x wildwood running pdx that's our instagram page and you can check out some of the cool things that they're doing obviously we were very lucky both tammy and i to be a part of this clinic in naperville with coach dan iverson of the incredible year in and year out girls cross country team at naperville north coach mahesh who is the the coach of the North Central College women's cross-country team, Heidi Strickler, who gave an incredible talk for the coaches and an equally extraordinary talk to the girls. She's a registered sports dietitian. And like I said, Tammy, Coach Bennett, the greater, 
show up society. She spoke to the athletes and the coaches about working on having a better mindset. And then Robin McGillis of Central Catholic and Marie Davis Markham of Lincoln High School. They're the two that have really uh, launched Wildwood PDX. So check it out. Maybe they're putting on something in your area. And if they're not, you could actually reach out to them and maybe say, hey, let's let's do a clinic for the girls in our community. So check it out. Again, support those that are supporting the sport, and you're going to be supporting yourself because you're a part of the sport. Isn't that cool how that works? Yes. Again, rhetorical question. No need to answer because the answer is hell yeah. All right, it's time for me to say see you later. But before I do, I'm just going to read you one line from the article Perfect Socks from the Coach Bennett's newsletter on Substack. The link will be in the show notes. And I'm reading this because this is my parting message to you. Okay, so I've got a little homework for you or a little bit of a workout for you. This is it. Don't waste your time doing something that sucks. Don't try to be perfect. Just try your very best to be fully you. So until I see you again, work on that, and you'll be working on something great because it'll be working on you becoming more fully you, and that's always great. So until next time, take care of yourself. Coach Bennett, cheers. Thank you for listening to Coach Bennett's podcast. And if you feel like you just got to get yourself some more Coach Bennett, you can find me on Instagram at Coach Bennett, or you can subscribe to Coach Bennett's newsletter on Substack or check me out on Cameo, TikTok, or Mastodon, all as at Coach Bennett. So until next time, cheers to you.